fun. Oh, yeah. We're on time. What up, ladies and gents? We got the law on today. Car crash ash? The heck does that mean? Let's find out. Here we go. And just there it is. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gents? It is, what, what are you at? Wednesday already? Hump day? It is hump day. Yeah, yeah. Pump day and Here we James, go. we got another hot guest on for us. Time to drop the fire. <sighs> we need a sound effect for one, but it's all good. It's all good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hump Day edition of the Business Pod. As always, we're super excited to have an awesome guest for you today. So here's a question for you, Nan. When you hmm. were six years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? A firefighter? A baseball player? Uh, I have no idea. I wanted an archaeologist, personally. Thank you very oh, much, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones, right? And now here I am, you know, not venturing through cave, through caves. But uh, our guest today knew exactly what she wanted to do when she was six years old. And guess what? She's doing it. After graduating from Western New England University School of Law, our guest packed her bags and flew southwest to sunny San Diego. Our guest is passionate about doing what's right understanding her clients, and aggressively fighting for justice against insurance companies. Being disillusioned by working for other firms, our guest knew she wanted to run a law practice that was honest, ethical, and compassionate, so she ventured out on her own, and we're so excited to have her on the podcast today to share her story. Joining us from Rollins Law APC, please welcome to the show, Ashley Ray Rollins! How about that, Ashley? Woo! <laughs> it's all about Welcome you. Welcome to the program. You. Thank right. you. Thank you guys for having me. Six years old, you already knew what you wanted to do. I, I can't even think of a six-year-old thinking that they want to go into law. How does that happen? I, I did. And what's even crazier is I don't have any family members in law. Um, so I don't have a mother or father that pushed that upon me. But um, I had the love and the... Um, the eagerness to argue since I was young. So my parents can can share lots of stories uh, throughout the years of growing up and getting in trouble and writing three page renditions of why I shouldn't be punished and articulating my points. And finally, they're like, she's right. So I think it was just some people are born and you know what you're, you want to do. And I feel like um, God gave me that gift from the beginning. I just I truly love to argue. And but not just to argue in the sense of like proving that I'm right, but I like to advocate for people that don't have a voice. And I like, I like to get justice. So I don't like when people take advantage of the little guy. So I think that that's where it stems from. And I just, I, I mean, I've, I've always had the ability to see both sides, but um, I have that, like that inner fight and that grittiness, which comes from sports. So I think that I just knew from the beginning and I truly love to help people. All right. 
it's one thing to want to argue and want to argue for somebody. It's another thing to dedicate your time to go to law school, to do a lot of research, to spend your time in court. I mean, there's a lot more to this whole being a lawyer thing than just standing up and arguing a point, right? Very true. So tell me what, what drives you to get through that aspect of it? I mean, school is no joke. Studying is no joke. The bar is no joke. How'd you get through that? So I think I'm kind of a geek at heart, despite the fact that like I grew up playing basketball, soccer, softball, like I was the boy my dad never had an athlete, but I, I enjoy that competitive nature. I enjoy setting goals and being able to, to reach something. So for me, law school, the bar, passing the hardest bar in the country, starting your own practice, setting out goals, you know, to be, you know, one of the top, the top personal injury lawyers, those for me are just challenges. And so it's not about necessarily, you know, competing against other people. It's that inner drive and that competition against myself. So it's just being able to set those goals and to conquer them and really hunker down and be able to use that persistence. And honestly, I love school. I love learning. Um, so even now I'm always, I'm always reading, I'm on podcasts, you know, zoom calls, trying to listen to what the best trial lawyers and what the best personal injury lawyers across the country are doing. So I, I think I have just that like innate nature to always enjoy learning. Um, and I think that, you know, if you look at it in that regards and you're just always trying to do better and learn, um, I think that anything in life, even with whether it's law or athletics or business, um, just always having that desire to learn and be better. I think I've just always had that. What's it, What's been your biggest struggle going out and building an, uh, a firm on your own? Like you've, you could have went and worked for somebody else. You could have, you know, fallen under somebody's wing and, and been trained up. I mean, I, I, I watch the, the law that I watch is like better call Saul. Right. And so you have people that work under some, some crazy law firms and some that go off and do some crazy things like, like a uh, Saul good man. Right. Like that, that's the type of law that I see the type you see on Hollywood. Right. Uh, how did you decide, you know, all right, that's the, that's the avenue I want to go for. And then kind of, in real life and be like, that's not really what it's like. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew from the beginning that everything that was on TV was not how it was. So, I mean, I did internships. One of my biggest inspirations is a district attorney back home who was absolutely phenomenal. Um, just, just had a gift. So he was able to get in there. And I mean, he was one of the only people to convict someone of murder without a body. So I just always have had that passion and love for law. Um, and so I honestly really love the business aspect of it as well, which a lot of people don't like the business aspect. But for me, that's been really challenging. I mean, not challenging. Sorry, that's been that's been not challenging for me. It's been it's been fun. I, I like getting up and reading marketing and and figuring out how to get my name out there and different things to do. But I did work for a personal injury firm um, initially for a little bit, but without getting into all the details or speaking any negativity, um, there was a lot of unethical, unethical things happening. And so that's where I really had that, you know, inner, inner fire lit where I was like, you know what, I can do this and it's time. And what am I waiting for? I mean, nobody knows everything and we're always all learning. So even the best trial lawyers are always learning. So that's when I decided let's go for it. 
All right, I want to know some of the some of the juicy stuff. When lawyers, every industry has it, right? It doesn't matter what industry you get into. There's some there's some stuff that happens where you're able to go after the dollar versus going after the benefit of the client, right? It happens right. in every industry. What kind of traps do attorneys tend to fall into that kind of pushed you out? So, I mean, like you said, in every business, there's always good and bad, right? So there's never just, you know, all good and all bad. So when everybody says, you know, whether it's cops, whether it's doctors, whether whatever profession, there, there's good and bad. I mean, it's just human nature. And so for me, I was, I was raised right. And I was raised as a Christian. I'm still a believer. So those have always been the fundamental values of not only myself as an individual, but of my business. And so you know, I think when you have those values and those are instilled in you and you stay grounded, then those, those try, those trump anything, you know, it does, that trumps the top, the dollar, the bottom line. And so for me, I can't tell you how many times I've taken reductions on cases. I've I've done cases for free, you know, but it's one of those things where I just humbly do it and keep working. And I know that, you know, these people were injured and it's just a part of the business. You take the good with the bad. And sometimes guess what? I'm going to have to take a hit, but that is the beauty of having my own practice is being able to, to take a reduction, you know, to be able to, to have that control and that ability to say, Hey, you know, this wasn't an ideal circumstance. There wasn't enough insurance, but I want to do what's right. And I want to make sure the client is as whole as they can be. And, you know, just always, just always doing the right thing and staying true to my beliefs. I think that um, when you do that, then you're, you're setting yourself up for success. So we always say that uh, it's your job to be of service to others and it's your business's job to make a profit. So I don't know about you when I get, when I put myself in a situation where I see somebody that's, that's hurting, that's struggling, my heart opens up for them. Right. And, and when it comes to my ability to, to do a service, I have, uh, I have, my wife tells me, uh, colleagues tell me all the time. I mean, I have this habit of saying, you know what, I'm just going to do it for you. Let me, let me give it to you. Here's the free item. Here's the free service. Here's the, whatever it is. Cause I want you to be happy. And I, I always, uh, argue with myself in my own mind. And I, I tell myself, it's okay. I'm pushing out positive karma. It's going to come back. It's, I'm pushing out positive things. It's going to come back. Uh, right. How do you decide at some point, you know what? I My fee is my fee and I need to stick with it. And this person is really in a situation that needs it. How, how do you like, how does it go through in your mind, having your own firm? How do you put, you know, lay the law down essentially on your own rules? <laughs> I think that's where I struggle the most, to be honest. I'm I'm almost too nice to a fault. So, I mean, every case is evaluated, you know, for what it is. So at the end, it, you know, it just depends on the medical bills. It depends on a lot of things. There's so many different factors. Um, I'm always more willing to reduce at the end when, when the client needs it or when the situation sees fit rather than, you know, it's different when a client just comes to you right away and they're like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to pay your attorney fee. Can you give me a discount? It's like, that's different. You know what I mean? It, it's, that's a different circumstance rather than me looking at it at the end when the case is settled and being like, hey, this is not justice. This client, like I just had two clients, you know, for whatever reason, the situation just was not the greatest situation. You know, there was minimal insurance. They needed treatment and they needed help. And so I, I waived my fee, waived my cost, everything, you know, but 
I mean, I didn't know at the beginning and a lot of attorneys will look at it and see this is a small policy, so I'm not going to take it. But I struggle with that because I think as an attorney, as somebody who's a member of the bar, who took a duty to, you know, uphold justice and to fight for these people, that's where my my heart and like my belief and love for the Lord and the, the, the true like notion that I believe that I was created to make a difference in the world, that's where that comes in. So for me, I've probably taken a lot of cases that I shouldn't have. I've probably given a lot of reductions, but you know what? At the end of the day, I know that I'm doing God's work. I can sleep well at night. I'm, I, I'm, I'm blessed because of it. Um, you know, blessings doesn't always come in, in monetary gain, but I just feel good knowing that I'm making a difference and also knowing that these clients are getting what they deserve from the insurance company. There's nothing worse to me than when, you know, the insurance company tries to bully a client. So even if I don't take a fear, I take a reduction. At least I know in my mind that they're winning. You know what I mean? Like we're getting justice for them. So even if it's not money in my pocket. Well, let's talk about some stigmas then, because I mean, it's easy to look at an insurance agency or insurance company and call them the bad boys. It's easy to look at anybody who's benefiting from a situation on a monetary standpoint to point fingers and say, you know, they're they're the evil enemy. And even attorneys right. have such a negative stigma overall, right? right? How do how do we combat that? What what's been your marketing approach to combat that? that stigma of, of an attorney that's just out for, you know, out to get your bucks. We're just going to, you know what, we litigate, we get the money and we take a piece and like on with your life and get away from me type feeling that, that, you know, a lot of attorneys get. And, and I'm not saying that every attorney's like that. Cause I know a lot of them and, mm -hmm. and they're some of the most generous people that I know in the attorney space, but they're trying to, def to change the stigma you know, one action at a time, one client at a time, one contribution at a time. What do you, how do you incorporate that in your business? Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely have that stigma and my husband has been out and says like, my wife's an attorney and you get that look like, you know, you can tell what that look is. And it's, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's like that with anything, you know, but we definitely have that stigma. There's all the attorney jokes, but I feel like for me, when it comes to marketing and my approach for business, I let people know that I'm, I'm relatable, you know, I'm reliable, I'm relatable, I'm responsive. I answer calls. I give everybody my personal cell phone number. Um, clients have texted me at 1130 at night. I respond, um, respond almost immediately to anything. That's just really something I've always prided myself upon is, you know, keeping into communication. And a lot of times I might not have an update, but I just try to let the client know that, you know, I don't have anything, but this is what we're working on. And so I just try to really focus on the, the being relatable, you know, not acting like you're above them. Um, I think a lot of attorneys just use that, you know, it's like that arrogance or that aura about it. And a lot of clients don't know anything about the situation that they've been in. They've never needed an attorney. You know what I mean? So then you hear all these bad things and then you go and meet with an attorney and it's like, oh, do they even really care? So a lot of times, even when it comes to the intake process, I have a hard time going through, you know, all of the questions because I sometimes just want to sit there and I want to hear what the client has to say. I just want to be, I want them to know that like, I'm willing to listen and I'm, I'm there for them. How you mentioned an intake process. Uh, when you got into business for yourself, I mean, some of the biggest mistakes that I've made in business myself um, that I know a lot of entrepreneurs make is developing some of these systems 
to that they put into place so that every client has the same experience so that you you you're dotting your t's and cross you know dotting your t's dotting your i's and crossing your t's right uh making sure that everything's in 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 the right order uh when you started your business and you started to implement some of these things what were you what was kind of the thought process because right there what you're describing whether you have a checklist of questions that you go through versus a full-on interview process how did you go about deciding what your procedures were so for me at the beginning it was all me so i did everything from intake to you know every single part of the case and so that was one of the things about starting the business that i think is the most rewarding is you know everything from start to finish you know every single thing about your case so when it comes to even going to the bank opening mail, scanning mail. I know everything. So now when I've, when I've hired and when I'm going to continue to hire and grow, I know what goes into it. So I think that that's very important. And then I have a really good case management software system that we use. And then one of the things during this whole quarantine that we've been doing is I've been implementing a lot more um, systems and certain templates that, you know, to be more efficient. Um, so I've ordered, I've just ordered a book called the power of a system. And so I have another one about how to automate your law practice. And so I've, I've been reading these tools in order to better be more efficient. So, and I don't want to say like templates isn't like everything is a template, but everything has a base. And then, you know, depending on the case, obviously the, the facts in the photos in the medical go in there. So it's not like just a, a, you know, a template that you spit out and treating every case the same, but it's just be, be able to be more efficient because then that allows me and my team to be able to concentrate on the clients and how it's affecting their life um, and and how it's affecting them daily and pain and suffering. And so then it allows more of that one-on-one personal relationship, which I think is really important. Yeah, that consistency factor. It's funny how that works, right? When you think templates, you think complete automation, you think it's done for you. Uh, but really those systems that you put in place allow you to be free to customize things for each individual client, right? Because every client is going to have some of the same uh, types of situations, right? And it doesn't matter what business you're in. You know, right. you're talking about law. I mean, when there's an accident, there are pictures for that accident. There are medical records for that accident. Right. It doesn't matter what uh, which accident it was, all those things come into place. And then after you have some of those basic foundations, that's when you're talking about now we can focus in on what else does this client need? What else is this client missing? How can we best serve this client? And it's above and beyond that templated system. If you didn't have that template in place, you would be spending more time trying to figure things out versus helping the, the, the client out in their particular situation. Is that what you're Yeah, exactly. And then if you don't, you're just reinventing the wheel. So one of the things I pride myself on is getting cases settled quickly and efficiently. And by that, I mean, not taking the first offer and settling for less. I still genuinely get mostly policy limits. But one of the things I truly pride myself on is pushing that case along. So when the client tells me they're done with medical treatment, I'm ready to go. That demand is sent out, you know, everything is sent to the insurance company. And then literally the second I get the check, it goes in the bank. And then as soon as it clears, you know, per the protocols, everything is issued. So I know a lot of, a lot of firms, it's like they take the first offer or they're a mill. So they, you know, if they take the lowest offer, they don't want to fight. But I mean, that's a couple of things that I really try to do to set myself apart is I efficiently push it along. Um, most of my cases, like 75% of them are settled in under a year. Um, even some of them quicker. I've had a lot of compliments from doctors and clients on, on how quick I settle, but 
not quick is in taking the first offer quick is and i still get the policy limits um so by having these systems i think that that's what it allows me to be able to you know have this have the pieces into place so i can really push hard and then then that's where my advocating skills come in that's when i'm able to talk to the insurance company so they can see the light of the injury and what what really happened we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to know about some of your personal habits that keep you focused in your business. Because if you're not personally getting yourself ready to be successful, there's no way your business can be. So we'll talk about that here when we come back. All right, all right. Ham's insurance tip of the day today. Everybody's going to love this one. Guess what? I can get you a $25 Apple Watch. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> this is all this is awesome. So, you know, we always talk about life insurance as being the love product. It's one of the policies that you purchase not to protect yourself, but to protect your loved ones from financial loss if you die well before your time. While leaving something behind for those you care about is in itself a great motivation, Maybe this will motivate you even more. Thanks to technology, there's now a life insurance product that rewards you for being active. When you purchase this particular life, uh, life insurance product, you have an opportunity to get free Fitbit or, my personal preference, an Apple Watch for as little as $25. That's where I got my bling. So... The free Apple Watch is awesome, but this program also rewards you for staying active by giving you points for activities that you can then use to, uh, to earn Starbucks gift cards, Amazon gift cards, discounts at hotels.com, discounts at the grocery store even, and plenty more. So what are you waiting for? Give us a call at Pipe Insurance. Get your Apple Watch today. If you have any questions about this, I'd love to talk to you. Any advice? Uh, call Pipeline Insurance at 877-928-9994. And for more insurance tips, follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have. My audio uh, was funky, isn't it? It still is. It still is. Yeah, no, it's it was. A, it's a it's been good most of the day, but I think there was like, like, of course, like right when I have my segment that it just yeah, goes yeah, crazy. That's, that's the way it works, yeah. right? Technology. Because yeah. now it's fine, right. right? Yeah, now it's good. Now yep. it's good. You're, <laughs> exempt from my, from my, you're exempt from my insurance uh, comment, by the way. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was feeling a little bit attacked, uh, you know, no, but I it's mean, cool. Your name isn't your name isn't Allstate or Geico or State. Your life insurance is another story. So all insurance is not the same. <laughs> That's true. All insurance is not the same. Not the same. So life insurance is mu is is very needed, but um, yeah. So well, don't it, don't take it for personal. What, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, if uh, if I had your of skills and i knew how to fight and argue against insurance company i would probably be doing a lot of the same things um mm -hmm. because i mean selling insurance i i love it for for what it's done so far but there are definitely times when i'm like come on you're that, that's all you're gonna pay really <laughs> so i'm glad that there are people mm -hmm. like you that uh that fight those battles but you should have on speed dial <laughs> yeah <laughs> Look, there here's the situation. Let me refer you to somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. 
right, Ashley, uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to kind of get to know you a little personally. And b- before I do that, I, I got to drop this movie clip because there's no way I could have an attorney on and not have some judge oh dread. I'm not gonna- Mr. I am the law. <laughs> you don't know how much I wanted to play that first. I love it. <laughs> it's the little things in life that make you dead. Right. I am horrible with movies because TV is just not my thing besides sports. So Fair. And now you're happy because baseball and basketball came back last week, right? I am happy, but, you know, it's been a rough year with um, with losing Kobe. He was my... He was my hero growing up playing basketball and uh, he was doing so, he was doing so good for the community and just, you know, everybody as a whole. And that it was just really, really Tragic. rough start to this year. And obviously 2020 has been a cluster since. So, I mean, Harsh we should have known after that happened what we were coming up against. So. Right? That was, I mean, that was, that was, that was a tough one, right? Here, man, for sure. Oof. I don't think I'm still still over it. So, so Ashley, yeah, you yeah. are you have a background in sports. Uh, you you really looked up to players like Kobe. They have such dedication to their craft, such dedication to their physical fitness. There's there's you know you never they're the first one on the court, last one off the court. What are some of your personal habits that you put into play to that that kind of help you with your business life? So this is my goal for 2020. Okay, so before I get into it, I am the first one and probably the last one in the office. So they always say you can't be willing. What's the quote about, you know, you have to work um, not just in your business, but on your business. And so I have honestly neglected my personal self because of the business. Um, But with that being said, I truly am passionate about the business. And so from the time I get up and brew my coffee till the time I go to bed, I am just working on and in the business. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to focus on this year is like the balance aspect. And I hate that word because I think every successful entrepreneur and every person that has built something does not know balance. I think that we just are crazy type A and we just get it done if it's working a hundred hours a week. And I mean, I've settled cases on, you know, a boat in Cancun. I've settled cases in Italy. I've set, so it just the hustle never stops and if you're truly passionate about it and you have that, you know, if that's what fuels your fire and obviously like I love the business and I love being able to build the business and fight for the clients then, you know, so so I spend all my time on the business. Um you know, it's funny when you, when you said balance, you know, I, I have, I, I do it. I have a hard time, uh, with that whole statement myself. Uh, in, in my mind, it always goes back to like, my objective is to be happy. If I'm asking for balance, doesn't that mean I need to have sadness in like equal, equilibrium? Like I, I don't look for balance in all things. I actually enjoy the work that I do. Like I, I, I like doing it when I'm up till like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock doing the work. You know, it's not a drag for me. There are some things in the work that might, you know, I right. don't feel like doing those right away. But there are other things in my in my business that I would I'd love to do, and I'll spend all that time. You know, when you give up one thing, you, when you're focused on one thing, you're giving up something else. But you're willingly giving it up. And if you're not honest with yourself that you're willing give willingly giving up these things, whether it's your personal, you know, your personal fitness, whether you're giving up time with your spouse, whether you're giving up time with your kids, you know, make time for the things that are important to you. But don't kid yourself. 
when you're focusing right. on one, you don't have the other. There is no, there's no balance there. No. And I think you're right. And I think that's why I hate that word so much, because if you, if you start listening to, you know, some podcasts or the stories about the great entrepreneurs and people that have built, like even some of the guys that have built like the top law firms in the country, they're, they're not balanced. They're not, you know, their day might start at 4am with their Peloton or their run or their gym session. But other than that, their priorities are the business and their family. And so I think you're right when it comes to that, it's, I mean, I love what I do, like you said. So when you have that passion and I put something up, actually, that's funny. You said that yesterday on LinkedIn, I posted that quote that said, um, I think it's by Steve Jobs. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Mm -hmm. And so if you love what you do and I love what I do, then me giving up something else, I mean, is that really... I mean, I'm not really sacrificing if I'm enjoying it, but I'm I'm trying to get back on the personal the personal fitness thing. Um, my goal for this year was um, it was actually to be like more mindful and focus on mental health. So I just don't I'm not good at relaxing. I'm sure you can get, gather that. I just have a ton of energy, and so I'm not a relaxing person. And so my husband gets so mad because he's like, "Oh, do you want to go to Encinitas and have a coffee?" And I'm like. Not really. No. And he's like, why? And I'm like, for what? And I so got coffee like, brewing in the coffee yeah, pot right so there. I sit there and I'm like, all right. And so I'll have my coffee and then I'll mention like a business plan or something, idea, I, some idea I got. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And he's like, no, you're supposed to like relax and chill. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, this is not like satisfying to me. It doesn't, what am I getting out of it? And I've always been like that. I've always been type A, a thousand things going on. I function better when I'm busy. Um, so I think that that's my issue. But my goal this year was to get to get back in, in shape. And I still complain every day. And uh, that's funny. That's, you know, that that whole hubby story with coffee. You know, they're just trying to spend time with you. And that's the thing that doesn't get across to my mind sometimes. You know, like, like it, it's, it, you know, my wife and I always talk about our love languages, right? We speak different love languages. Yeah. And at some point, you know, I had the conversation with, I was like, look, I don't mind doing things with you. It's just for us to do the things that you want to do, you have to plan them. And if you plan them out, I will go with you and we will do these things. But if you give me the option of something to do and you say, hey, do you think this is a good, good idea or would you like to go to this? My answer is almost always going to be no, right? And, and I, get, right. You know, I get ridiculed for that all the time. James is always you know, getting on my case all the time. Like he's going to stay at home. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Or like, you know, you guys want to go to the True. beach? I'm like, nah, let's not go to the beach. I have a pool right here. Saying. Like, you, you guys can come over here. Like, I don't, I, it, it doesn't do it for me, right? And I, I understand yeah. completely where you're coming from. But at the same time, we always got to do, you know, sometimes we got to do those things we don't want to do for the sake of the ones that we love, right? And I it's mean, okay. If you're like, let's go to a Laker game, all right, I'll go to a Laker game. If you're like, <laughs> let's go travel, but like... <laughs> You know, so you're saying you're saying, well, if you want to do what I want to do, then we're good. But if you want to do what you want to do, then we're not so good. Well, I, the aimless, the aimlessness, like just sitting there doing nothing to me is in my mind and how my brain works. It doesn't stop. And so, like, I've gotten up at like three, four in the morning and written down poetry lines or like business ideas or like inventions. So if I'm sitting there having a coffee, I'm not even 
I'm not even there. So I'm not even connected, like honestly, how I should be. And that's the truth because my brain is just like, oh my gosh. And then if I'm busy, I'm thinking everything, I have to do this at home. I have to do this. Oh, I, I need to get back to that client. Or, you know, I could be spending time, you know, well spent. So, I mean, we went to Santa Barbara last weekend, but that's different. It was like for the weekend, I put it aside. But if it's just going up the street to sit down and have a coffee, I'm like, I'd rather have a coffee in front of my computer and get work but wait, done. But wait, let me ask you. You were in Santa Barbara. You put off the time and you were there. But was your mind like still wandering? No, you... I was present. I did well. Okay, okay, okay. That's the hardest <laughs> thing because I'll be honest. That's the hardest thing for me. Like even when I'm present, even when I'm trying to be present, I have to make a very conscious effort to be in that moment because my mind will – automatically I'll start seeing something. I'm like, Ooh, that's something I could talk about. Or, Ooh, that's a, that's look at that's trending right there. Oh, I've seen that before. And like, it's so weird how, how like I physically have to tell myself sometimes like, dude, you're hanging out with the kids, <laughs> dude, you're hanging out with the wife, dude, you're over here with, you know, your brother, <laughs> whatever it is. I, I literally like, I have a, a bad habit of bringing the conversation to something that I want to talk about. That's important to me. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, and that's, but it's, it's, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. It is who I am. And, and lately I've gone to the point where I'm just accepting the fact that this is who I am. Right. And, and I feel like that's kind of where you, you've gotten to, to that point yourself. You're accepting that this is who you are and you're going to make time for the other things, but you are an attorney building your firm, dedicating your time to building your, to uh, improving your craft and building your business. Yeah. You just can't shut off that light switch. So, you know, I mean, that's the thing is you can't shut it off. And I was just listening to a podcast the other day by Michael Mogul, and you'll love it. If you listen to it, it's called the game changing attorney. And he highlighted like seven things about key characteristics that entrepreneurs have. And I wrote them down and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have every single one of these. And it's like, <laughs> It's just crazy. But then I think that when you when you realize that and you have that, you have that in innate nature, you can't just shut that light switch off. It's always running through your veins like you're always just thinking. And so, I mean, that's the thing is I try to be present when I'm with family and, you know, loved ones. I try to be present. It's hard not to be a slave to the cell phone, um, especially you always think you're going to get that call. You're going to get that case. Like, what if somebody needs me? But I think I think it's hard to just shut that off. It is. I, I 100% agree. Um, but there are, there are definitely huge benefits to being able to shut it off. Right. And, and, and there's different ways to shut it off. Um, I use my cell phone to listen to audiobooks. I use my cell phone to answer text messages. I use my cell phone to go on social media. I use my cell phone to create social media content. Mm -hmm. So like there's different ways to use that same outlet. Um, and just giving yourself times. Like I know there's a lot of people, James has done it before. They just take off their social media off their phone and, and not, you know, sign, not delete their accounts, just take right. it off their phone. So you don't have access to it and give yourself a weekend off or give yourself a, a couple days off. Ooh, that would be hard. I, I, I am with you on that one. That would be very tough uh. for me, but, uh, but having, imagine, you know, it's, it's like anything else this morning I was after my run, I, I was listening to uh, limitless by Jim quick. And he was talking about how we're all bright, right? We all have this, this, uh, intelligence within us. Maybe not always the academic one that everybody points to, but we all have this, this brightness, this bright level in us. And if we can just be like, like that day we go on the sun with a magnifying glass and focus in that brightness, we can really hard 
harness the power and and you know create a, create a flame, right? And it's kind of the same way. If we take away some of those distractions, sometimes if we just purposefully take it away, imagine how much more focus you can get in on whatever it is. And I'm not saying you have to unplug and then be the family person. I'm saying sometimes you unplug one part so you can focus 100% of your attention on that one system you're trying to create or that one thing in your business that you need to accomplish. If you take away every other distraction, you're following one course until successful. You're focused. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. And that's the hardest thing. And that comes back to your original question, which I don't think I answered about <laughs> the personal things. And I've, I used to get up back in the day and run at 4.30 in the morning. I used to run 50 miles a week. I've done marathons and I don't, I keep saying I want to do it again, but I just, I don't, I just don't think that the true like passion is there. And so like, I'll go out for a run and I love it. But if you say, Hey, you're going to do a run or you're going to work on your business, it just always defaults to the business. And so I keep setting the goal and I keep having to reset the goal because I, I can't do it. But one I know, of the things I'm just a little bit every day. I know me. you're not a movie buff, but. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> right? If you're going to commit to doing it, just do it. You know, like anybody else, you know, just as well as I do. If you're just going to say, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter whether you. Uh, whether you have the time because you make the time, just like you'll make the time to do everything else in, in your life. Like that's just it, right? Like if you miss it, if you really want to do it, you're going to do it. Yep. And I keep choosing work. So I, I'll, <laughs> I'll go in like spurts. So like in April, I was doing great. I was running like four times a week, five times a week. Like, oh yeah. And then I'll go in spurts where we'll just get an influx of new cases. And I'm like, I got to make sure my ducks are in a row. Like I need to make sure these clients are good. And then now I'm back and I'm like, we've been in quarantine for this many months. Like I should have already reached my fitness goals. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I, I'm getting... I've been waiting eight weeks for my Bowflex bike, which is going right next to my office. And my husband's like, what do you mean your bike? You have a rower in the garage. Like, come on. I'm like, <laughs> you just got to make the time. Like you spend all this time reading, right? You spend all this time listening to audiobooks and, and, and getting yourself in that yeah. position. Might as well. Like that's my, that's my dual time. Right? So in the morning when I'm working out, that's my 5am club call. That's my audiobook time. That's my podcasting time. Like that's, that's where I can just run oh. and not think about anything else other than that, whatever concept that I'm trying to get out of my head. You might be calling me at 5 a.m. then because. Oh, man, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if you sensed it, but I'm trying to be your your health attorney here. And I'm like trying to poke every angle I can to get you to say, yeah, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's the thing is like I set a goal and I had to do like 100 miles in eight weeks. Like I made it not even trying, but like that's not that's not, you know. I need to set a better goal. So I need to set the clear cut goal and write it down. And one of these attorneys was saying on his little talks, which was good. He goes, I wanted to lose weight. He goes, but I was the kind of person that, and this is kind of like me all or nothing. So either I'm going to go hard and I'm going to work out like an hour and a half, two hours a day, or I'm just not going to do it. And that's kind of when he said that, I was like, that's my mentality. That's mm -hmm. my issue. But then he was like, I've lost 25 pounds because I've been consistent because I put that's in 10 minutes here, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I need to get at. So back in the day when I used to do a lot of weightlifting, I would go to the gym twice a day, eat the diet. So I've done all that. I don't want to live that life anymore. I want kind of that happy medium where like I can have 
my drinks and what I enjoy, but still feel good about myself. And I think that that's the, the never ending struggle when you run your own business. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, but it's consistency. So maybe your awesome goal should be, I'm going to work out five days a week for the entire year. And like, that's your goal. Consistency is the word I chose for the second half of 2020. So consistency is my goal that I told myself from now until the next half of the year, I just need to be consistent. So and can I, so can I hear Ashley say that she's going to work out every morning, five days a week until the end of the year? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say five because like it could be, what if I have, what if one week I do seven, but then the next week it's busy and I do like four, but I'm still eating good and feeling, you know what I mean? So I always try to set that number, like you say, and I think that's what that's key. You do more than five, you win. If you do less than five, you lose. You said it's all or nothing, right? That's what you said. All right. Well, what about four? Okay. <laughs> Commit to four. Commit to four, and then we'll follow up with you. We're gonna we're gonna check in and see how you how you. Uh, and, and this is the beauty about doing things on a live podcast. Like the entire internet is now your accountability partner. Oh no. I'm in trouble. Every single one of your clients is going to come up to you and be like, I'll tell I would love to hire you, but did you work out today? <laughs> and I'm going to say, no, but guess what? I got your case settled for the policy, and here's a fat check. And they're going to say, we don't care. That's true. That's true. That's true. It's the end result there. All so, right. You know, consistency is the goal for the second half of the year. And that's just, honestly, I think I struggle with it now more during quarantine than before because before I had events to go to. So I had to do what I needed to do to get done, to be showered, ready and presentable at an event. And now I don't, <laughs> there's no events. So you just keep digging your own hole. So now you have a reason to get yourself ready and put your gym short stuff on and get ready and go, right? There's your deadline. <laughs> You're I'll, now... I'll be in this chair until midnight. That's <laughs> and it's then like at midnight, end. you'll put your your stuff on. You're going to go in the garage and you're going to get on the robo and you're going to do your yep. thing. <laughs> I know. I know. I think I've been picking on you enough. I think I've been picking on you enough. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the program, being an awesome guest. Uh, I I mean, I love having laughs and, 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 you know, trying to push people to do, you know, better for themselves. So thank you for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Ladies and gents, make sure you guys, James, can you hop up her, uh, pop up her stuff? Make sure you guys follow Ashley at Rollins Law APC, or you guys can check out her website. She's got another one that's on the works. So uh, it's it's the the RollinsFirm.com or Car Crash Ash. I'm that one is so catchy, by the way. I can't wait to see how that one turns out. It's up, but it's not fully prepared. But stay tuned because we, I have a lot of awesome things in the works. Um, some some videos. Um, we just filmed some amazing um, brand videos, boxing videos, and some uh, some Car Crash Ash catchy stuff is coming is coming soon. So. Nice, nice. Well, Ashley, thank you again for uh, for being on the program. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hump and we'll day. see you again you. tomorrow. Tomorrow is S-H-I-T. So we'll see you then. So happy it's Thursday. Peace. And we're Bye-bye. out. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? 
Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz. Sweet, sweet. Right All on, right. right on. Oh, look at that. You can see the cat in the band. <laughs> <laughs>